Welcome to the Retail Insider video podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson. We're joined here with a special guest, Lisa Hutchinson. She's the managing partner of Toronto-based consultancy, J.C. Williams Group. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. Let's talk a bit about the new uh, Ebeltoff uh, Group book that just came out on retail innovations. Uh, this is the 18th year, I think it is? It is. It's, it's amazing. I, it's hard to believe. It seems to have gone by so quickly. But this is a publication that people around the world, all our clients, look forward to seeing it. It is a true collaboration with our 18 member countries. And uh, so there's 48 cases this year of very cool innovation from around the world. Terrific, terrific. Now, for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about J.C. Williams Group and Ebeltoff Group and how they um, uh, come together in terms of uh, collaboration and J.C. Williams Group being part of Ebeltoff Group. Yeah, absolutely. So J.C. Williams Group was founded in 1974 by John Williams. And so next year is going to be a 50th year. So we're super excited. We're already starting to plan for that um, and some really fun things in the store. We are a retail consultancy, as you said. Uh, we deal with master planning. We work with shopping centers. We have a very robust market research department, uh, as well as very strategy focused. Um, we are the Canadian exclusive members of the Ebeltoff Group, and that is a group of similar boutique retail consultancies globally, as I said, representing 18 member countries. And so it's an, a, a true collaboration. We collaborate on research. We collaborate uh, with clients. We share information. And it really gives our clients a true global perspective. And so last year, uh, we just finished celebrating the 30th anniversary of that collaboration of the Edeltop Group. And we had a really amazing uh, conference. We meet twice a year. And last year, uh, in the fall, we met in Warsaw. We saw some amazing retail, and we had a great celebration with all our members. Wonderful, wonderful. Where's the uh, Where's the party next year? Well, we're going to be having hosting in Toronto next in 2024, but our next session is actually coming up quickly as we head to Euroshop, and then uh, subsequently having our next member meeting in Germany. So we're super excited about that. There's a few cases that are in the book this year that we're looking forward to actually going to be able to see physically for ourselves. Terrific, terrific. Now, um, this is amazing. Uh, we talked a little bit about the book, uh, the collaboration here. Now, there are four Canadian case studies as part of uh, the Regional book. Do you want to talk yeah. about that a little bit? Absolutely. We're so excited that four, uh, four a lot of them were re uh, featured in Retail Insider. Uh, so you know them, uh, being the insider that you are. And we were so excited to have four cases chosen. Uh, actually, two years ago, our, we had a winning case from Canada. So it's really exciting to be able to see this. So uh, there was uh, four that we're representing. So the Porsche driving uh, the subscription model. Uh, I can go into it a little bit more in detail in a few minutes. Uh, the Staples Studio, that WorkShare with their... Um, studio booths, their podcast booths, their collaboration and work share and so on. So that made the book, as well as Altea, the wellness social club. Um, and the fourth being Oxford experiences. So what we're seeing these, you know, amazing experiences um, that Oxford has been presenting with the friends experience and Barbie and 
Marvel, as well as the new one they just announced with The Office. I need to check that one out. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both the British, sure. both the British one and the American one. I think the uh, Yorkdale activations for the uh, American one, which was a much longer, yeah, longer so. running show. I think so. Terrific. Do you want to go into a little bit of further details on each of these? We'll encourage people, of course, to go and look at the uh, Retail Innovations book. We're going to have it in our show notes as well, of course. But uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about Porsche, uh, Altea, Staples Studio, and uh, the, the Oxford experience. So we can break things yeah. down a little bit. Given that Retail Insider you know, focuses on Canada, we'll talk about some of the global stuff, of course, here as well. Yeah. So let me just uh, start my presentation um, kind of where we're at. So basically, it's quite a rigorous process that takes place in terms of planning the case studies. So each member country presents their key case studies somewhere between five and 10 cases. And then there's an actual jury that puts together the short list. They read through every single case and they start to categorize. And what starts to happen is themes evolve. And then once we have the key themes for the year, then we're able to categorize where those case studies fall into. And then the ones we really just pick the cream of the crop and that makes it into it. So every year we have sort of somewhere between three to five themes. And this year we have three themes. The first one being innovation focused on hyper efficiency. Um, and so we'll talk, we'll go into a deeper dive of the, of each of them. The next one is innovation for enhanced experience. And then the final one is focused on sustainability. And it's really innovation to support a better world is what we're calling it. So just to jump right in and talk about each, and then we can figure out where the Canadian cases fall within each of these key themes because they're spread out amongst the themes. So the first innovation is that hyper-efficiency so when you're thinking about the challenges right now that retailers are having with labor shortages and supply chain and being able to accommodate last mile and so on, those are these things that we really need to be able to understand from that hyper-efficiency perspective. So um, you'll see that these next few cases really exemplify that. So as I mentioned, the Canadian case um, in this category is the Porsche drive experience. And so uh, the subscription model that they offer is a very cool one. And you know all about it, but for the listeners, it's been launched in four Canadian cities and it's really an all-inclusive subscription model. So in the summertime, you can be driving your uh, convertible and in the winter and you're going skiing, you can change it to an SUV and you get a set amount of kilometers, but everything is included in this subscription model. So your insurance, uh, the tire changes, all the maintenance on the vehicle. So the only thing you're doing is basically paying for the gas. And so you can change it out. And it's really great for people that live in cities that have challenges with parking as well, because they don't necessarily have to have these cars um, when they don't need them. I don't drive my car at all during the week. So we don't, you know, this would be something that would be great for somebody that, you know, is, is lives in a city and works in a city, but only needs their cars at a certain time. So it's like fully app-based. Um, it's very flexible. And so it really fits in very well with being something that's very hyper-efficient for the customer, as well as 
um, as well as Porsche. This is fascinating. Any idea how much it costs? I'm just kind of curious. Then I'm thinking I think of this now around, myself. I think it's around 4,200. So, you know, I'm always a bit of, well, you know, if you think about how much your insurance and the lease costs and the maintenance on a vehicle and maybe uh, parking, you know, living in the city, driving something comparable, you're probably already in the, you know, $2,000 a, a month uh, expense line anyway. So, you know, are you willing to pay for the extra um, you know, to be driving a portion, having all this extra flexibility. Very interesting. So I think it's something that could be easily, and you know, really one of the things that's so cool about the cases and the book is we like to work with our clients and say, how can you, what's the takeaway from this case and how you can implement it maybe within your business? What are some of the key features? So you know, while the price might be a bit prohibitive for some people from a subscription model, you know, it can apply to other kinds of car dealerships. You know, this is sort of takes the, you know, for those in the city, the zip car on one end of the scale, that's, you know, your hourly car that you can get, or, you know, you get the subscription model. So there's lots of room in the middle to be able to take lessons and take some of the knowledge and some of what's working and apply it in your own business. Excellent. So we have another, I'll, I'll talk to you about, this is different completely, uh, but still falls into the hyper-efficiency. And we have some amazing videos. Uh, so I actually have a Porsche video and I have a, a video for this next case. Um, several that I'm going to be talking about, we have outstanding videos that really bring it to life. And I'm happy to share those for the listeners or those that are watching that want to, you know, just link and have um, another explanation to see some of this stuff in action. Because the Lowe's digital replicated store is really cool. And the, the video to support it is amazing to really see it in action. So this is... Um, really about creating a digital twin of a store and the associates being able to use it for restocking, visual merchandise. Um, so, you know, everybody knows Lowe's, it has 2,200 stores. And so they've launched this as a test in two of their uh, stores in North Carolina and Washington, I believe. And it's basically an innovation lab and they're using this metaverse environment to create this, um, this twin store environment. And so it can really be leveraged in multiple ways. So it can be leveraged as a, a store replenishment tool, and it can be very uh, helpful from this sort of hologram perspective in deciding how to do uh, visual layouts for the store. And so it really uses this AR technology and visioning for the source, for the store associates to be able to make sure their store is very hyper efficient. Um, so it's very cool technology. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of this. Our team just came back from the NRF and we saw a lot of technology around this kind of environment, as well as scanners for uh, stock uh, stock analysis, which 
allows them to see where there's outages of product on the floor. Um, and that's all done electronically. So there isn't somebody physically required to do some of those, some of those tasks. Fascinating. I can't wait to see more of this. This is the way the, this is the future uh, kind of in front of us now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't go into a lot of detail about the Taco Bell Defy store because it's had a ton of publicity over the last year, but it is live now. We talked about it. We actually nominated it to be in the book last year, but because it hadn't been opened yet and it was just talk, uh, we waited until this year and the video is outstanding. And one of the things I really love about this environment is somebody's finally said, wait a minute, we have this footprint. We can be way more efficient if we put it on stilts and we can have these extra drive-through spaces as well as the interface with being able to order in advance and have the product coming down through these, you know, these shoots down to the drivers. And so again, the video is really outstanding on this. And again, great lessons for real estate people to think about how we can, and the designers of some of these um, QSRs, as well as any other kind of, uh, you know, for, for pickup of any kind of online orders and fulfillment, I think this model is, uh, there's some great lessons in this one as well. Wow. Where's it located? This uh, this, this one's in Minnesota. Okay. Um, but there is a similar model that they're testing in New York City that has some of the same attributes, but just in a physical store, not in this uh, standalone environment. Okay. So the next one is, it's called uh, Quotidiana. And it comes to us from Milan and it's actually taking the old newsstand and it's reinvented it. And so it's really cool. It looks like the old fashioned newsstands that you would see or you still see all over New York City, but it's curated with much more timely products as well as each of them are curated based on the community in which they are. And so they're very focused on being environmentally friendly it is um, offering a new format for some of the quick pickup items. Um, and it's also in partnership with another grocery chain. So it's very curated that offers services as well, which you can see in some of the, in the doors on it. It offers community services and ways of giving it um, extra promotion. So I think it's just a really taking a model and just saying, how can we, still take this and, 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 you know, in a sustainable way, reinvent what it looks like and how it operates within the marketplace. So the last one I wanted to bring to your attention in hyper-efficiency, and there's several more in this, in this category, is uh, a concept called Rui Ready. And the reason uh, this comes from Germany, and last year in the book, we actually focused an autonomous vehicle that they have that is sort of a take on the old coffee truck that goes through business parks and construction areas, toots its horn and says, you know, come and get your hot coffee and your lunches. Um, it was an autonomous, well, it's still in existence, but an autonomous vehicle that drives through and you can stop it um, with using the QR code and you can buy your snacks and so on in that autonomous vehicle. This is from the same company, Rui, but what they've done is they've actually partnered with an energy company uh, called NBW, 
and that provides uh, uh, e-charging stations. So you can actually go and charge your electric vehicle and you can shop this uh, Ruby Ready shop, which is um, a 24-hour self-checkout grocery concept, convenient concept. So you can be kind of doing two things together. So we're really excited because it is, you know, solving all kinds of problems as well as providing this very cool hyper-efficiency for the consumer that's charging their car and also using their time to be able to do convenient shopping. So as I mentioned, our next, uh, we're off to Germany in uh, for Euroshop at the end of February and our next Ebeltoff meeting in Cologne, which is actually where the autonomous vehicle is and uh, where this model is. So I'm excited to be able to see it and report back on it in person when we get there. Excellent. So the next one, uh, the next category or theme we're calling innovation for an enhanced experience. And I don't need to tell you, there's all kinds of survey data out there as well as football data out there that we know that the customer is coming back to the store. There is a high desire to come back into the physical environment. And what we also know is they don't wanna come back to boring. They wanna come back to an experience. And so the themes, this theme came out loud and clear because they just want to really engage when they come to the store or otherwise, let's face it, they can absolutely um, just shop online. And so as we talked about, another Canadian case is the Staples Studio. So uh, they had, there was a Staples Studio pre-pandemic that was a test market um, on university. And what we learned was, you know, Staples had great success in early work from home. And what they've learned from there is now there is the demand for work share or when I'm working from home, but I still need to be able to pop and get some sort of support, whether it's printing or it is a workspace because I have young children at home and it's my turn to be able to skip away from the house for a little while or just to have a collaboration space. And so this particular Staples Studio is new in downtown Toronto. And it is shows the things that they've added into this new model, the coffee collaboration with the well-known coffee chain in, in Toronto. They've uh, got outdoor space, they have co-working space, they have rentable podcast studios. So it's really, a great example of an organization that's pivoted and understood what their customer was looking for now. And so they're, they're taking those, you know, the, the staple stores were quite warehouse feeling and they've created an experience now with this new staple studio. Yeah. They're cool stores. I uh, yeah. visited the university Avenue one for sure. I've been there a few times. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next one is, Call, it's uh, brought to us by Media Market, and it's also out of Germany. And Media Market, this store is what they actually call a tech village. And it's really taking this idea of all these, in, these it's, it's a true partnership with some of the best brands, in, and it's in Berlin. It's, this is their flagship store in Berlin. 
And it's very curated by these brand boutiques. And again, I'll provide video for this because it really, you can see the robots that are moving through the store, um, providing the customers with that, um, with the engagement essentially. And it makes you feel like you're walking a trade show floor because they have 35 brands that have their own departments. And so it really feels like you're kind of walking through a trade floor that you're seeing the best of the best from all the brands. And it's very immersed in technology. So it is um, really cool. In fact, they also have a, um, a section that's uh, curated by Nespresso. And so they actually have even baristas and you can have this, this great coffee experience as well. Excellent. Tying so, food and beverage into retail. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And and that was, you know, one of the things uh, that we felt was very important with J.C. Williams Group in 2019 with the acquisition um, where my partner and I uh, took over the leadership of the company. He's a food service expert. And we really felt it was timely because there is so much integration of food service in retail these days. Um, the last one in this category I'm just going to talk about is this really interesting activation and uh, way to for the brand to interact with the customers. Um, and this is an example with Unilever. And uh, this comes to us from our partners in Brazil. And so there's a product called uh, Omo uh, uh, Laundries, essentially, is the Canadian explanation of it. And so it is this partnership with these laundromats with Unilever um, offering their products and branding these franchise laundry facilities, whether it's laundromats or dry cleaners and so on, and leveraging the brand as well. So it is, um, there is quite a few of them. I can't remember how many, I think there's like 94 in total already. And so it is really an opportunity to um, show and interact that brand directly with the customer. And so it's a really interesting way to bring brand awareness to the customer in its intended use and not just, um, you know, sitting on a shelf in a grocery store. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So the next theme is all about sustainability. And I think it's going to be a theme for a long time to come and, and actually essentially just be baked into every single strategy. Um, there was a presentation at the NRF by um, the folks at Holt Renfrew that were basically saying like, it's not, it, it is going to just be something that has to be in every element of a retailer's strategy going forward. And so um, we're gonna, I'll highlight a few here, but again, we're calling it, you know, innovation for a better world because that's really what sustainability is about. So as I mentioned, there is, uh, we talked about Altea, Altea Active right here in Toronto, they're expanding. This one's uh, in downtown Toronto in Liberty Village. And it is this idea of a social wellness club. This particular one opened in 2019. And it is, you know, the, it is your traditional fitness studio, but it has, you can see by the spin studio, you know, it's an amazing spin studio. They have a huge amount of classes 
more kinds of classes than, you know, your traditional fitness facility. Um, but the other thing that they have is they have a bar, which you can see in the picture on the bottom right-hand side. They have collaboration spaces, and it is a membership-based. And the memberships are a little bit more than the traditional um, fitness. The founding members uh, were able to get in at a, at a fairly, really reasonable price. But one of the things that, they, why they call themselves this social wellness is they're catering in these downtown markets to condo owners that have really small footprints. So they, uh, you know, they're, they're thinking of the condo owner or dweller, um, maybe they rent as well, that has 500 square feet. And so they actually can't, or they maybe don't want to socialize in their home. And this is a way for them to meet. And so as a member, I can take some people with me into this club and we can go to the bar. We can go to the Starbucks that's in the lobby. We can go to the restaurant. We can sit in some of these amazing spaces. We can have co-working meetings um, or and or I can go to all these fantastic wellness exercise environments. I can sign up for a spin class. They have salt rooms. They have meditation. They have all kinds of really creative wellness focused activities. And so we really think that that is a way to not have to have these you know, really big footprint condos, because this is still a way to have people collaborate and engage with one another. Oh, now I wish I lived closer to Liberty Village. <laughs> well, they are expanding, but this one is very cool. I thought the same thing. We had, we had, we had the opportunity for a tour and uh, I, we were all sort of like, yeah, exactly. What are they building one on the East side for me? <laughs> Any any the, insight into that? And have they told you any more coming? In terms of I don't know of I don't know of specific sites, but I do know that they are expanding. So, so it's very exciting. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we get one near where we live. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next one is called Nixon Next, and it comes from the Netherlands. And the thing that's really interesting about this one is it's really playing on the trend that we're seeing in non-alcoholic beverages. I don't know if you've noticed, but you know, there's a lot more with wellness, particularly with millennials, there's a lot of focus on non-alcoholic. And so this really plays off that trend as well as being um, very environmentally friendly in their store design, their fixtures, how they operate, trying to get, um, you know, they're, they're falling into the better world, not just from the way they curate their merchandise, but also because they feel that this really plays into the wellness for a better world. And so it's really for those customers that aspire to live healthier and focusing on that demand. And so they really want to be able to provide these alcohol-free alternatives, but still providing this really outstanding experience. And so it doesn't mean you can't enjoy beautiful bottles and bubbly beverages, but that are non-alcoholic. Cool. Um, the next one comes from Carlsberg and that's right. This is um, not about a retail store, but it's about a brand that has been very focused on sustainability. And again, the video is super cool for this one, but the bottle 
is 100% biodegradable and recyclable. And so it is, yeah, it is made, it's the first bio-based bottle. They're calling it the green fiber bottle. And so they've done so much testing to create something that is recycled glass for the inside. And then the outside is made from wood fiber. And then they actually replace those trees with two to three trees that are cut down to create these bottles. Even the bottle cap is is um, recyclable. And so, you know, it was interesting and, you know, to see it, I'm really excited to see one in person because, you know, I don't know about you, but using paper straws is not my Mm. favorite thing. So, you know, the fact that they have, they've created this bottle that still has that glass element, I think is really cool. And the last one I just wanted to bring to your attention that I thought is really cool is called Creative Cables. And this is a store, this is um, out of Italy and they have seven stores and it's really about recycling. And so if you have an old lamp, essentially, or any kind of old electronic device of some kind that you want to reinvent, they'll bring it, you can bring it in and they'll completely revamp it for you and they'll turn it into this art piece and so they're really about converting and so it's that touching on personalization as well as sustainability so rather than throwing out an old lamp bring it in and they'll help you reinvent it and do something super cool with it so 60 percent of all its stock that you know and even if you don't bring something in but you want to have something made, they'll take the parts of other old items, household items, and reinvent them for you. So I think that that is a really cool concept um, to keep things out of the landfill. You know, just because something's a bit dated uh, doesn't mean it can't be reinvented. I like it. That goes for people too. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm not actually. So that's really just a sample of some of the key things. Like I said, there are 48 case studies, and I think I've presented 10 or so today. Um, We are launching a webinar series that we'll be taking through a different, um, for the next three weeks, we'll be taking people through that sign up for our webinar. They'll be able to do a deeper dive into each of the categories and themes throughout the weeks as well as I'm thrilled to be able to share some of the videos that we talked today. And then uh, people can go to our website or to our social media, or just use that QR code right now to be able to download the book. It just launched on, on February the 1st. So it is hot off the presses. Excellent. And then certainly they can follow us or me on social media to be able to access anything, any of this. Amazing. We'll put all this into the uh, show notes here as we uh, set this up for the video and the audio podcast. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, some of it comes as, you know, our Canadian inspiration, as you know, comes from Retail Insiders. So that's that's amazing, too. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what's uh, coming next year in terms of retail innovation. I think that we've seen the world uh, move a little bit faster than we expected because of the pandemic in terms of digital adoption. So uh, now we're seeing more, I think, tech in stores and we're seeing more uh, 
uh, you know, integration of online with stores and whatnot. I mean, these are trends we've talked about before, but now they're they're really coming to fruition here, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, we were at the NRF and a lot of robotics, holograms, tech, a shelf shelf merchandise readers and so on. So it's it's here now. And so we're starting to see it uh, more and more. Terrific, terrific. Well, I look forward to having you back. We're going to have you back next year. If not before, we'll have you in Retail Insider more as well, because Lisa, you've got a wealth of knowledge around the retail industry in all kinds of different areas. So thank you so much again for joining us, Lisa. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This has been Lisa Hutchinson. She's the Managing Director of J.C. Williams Group, a Toronto-based consultancy that's done all kinds of things. We'll be celebrating 50 years coming up here, apparently. I wasn't aware of that. Time really flies. And I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the... (laughs) I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the publisher, founder, and CEO of Retail Insider Media, hosting this new uh, video series as well as podcast. And uh, we'll be getting into all kinds of new stuff here as we move into 2023 a little bit more. Thank you so much, everyone here for uh, being with us today. Take care and bye for now.